Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlets, and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I'm excited to be here with you this afternoon, as long as, as well as with our special guest, Jenny Randall. We're going to be talking today about the power of marketing through engagement, and you are going to need to grab a notepad of some kind and start taking some notes, because in this hour, you're going to discover the lowdown on brand creation, six social media tips to attract your ideal audience, the power of story and social important graphic design ideas to perk up your online presence, the five things you must understand about Facebook ads, three ways to create videos that create engagement, the real deal about lead gen and opt-in content, email lists, that's your one claim to fame, the three top topics or tactics rather to create a rockin' book cover and two marketing hacks for authors. Jenny Randall is our guest today. She's been featured in more than 70 films, 60 books, 55 churches, and she's an Emmy-winning editor, speaker, and creative ninja. You can learn more about her at her website, JennyRandall.com. Randall's R-A-N-D-L-E.com. Jenny, welcome to you. Hi. Thanks so much for having me on. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to have you here. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while and excited to – you've got – so much content for us today, and I don't want to miss a minute of it, but I just have to ask you, JennyRandall.com, um, <laughs> how did you get into this? How did you get into this marketing side of things? Well, I've, I've been in the creative space for 15 years, working in the entertainment industry and the publishing industry, and I kind of just landed in the marketing industry, and then my husband and I decided to start our own business, so that's kind of where we decided mm. this, this should be our focus. So, Cool. Cool. Well, with that, let's dive right in. First of all, you're going to give us the lowdown on brand creation. And you guys, for you listening, you know, we have entire programs on brand creation. This is so important. She can't possibly answer this question fully in two minutes. But I I do want us to address it because without it, you're kind of shooting in the dark. So just talk about brand creation for a couple minutes. Yeah, I think this this is super key in any business for a speaker and writer. And you know what? A brand is so much more than just a name or a tag not, tagline or a logo. It's actually a mission. It's a feeling, and it's what you want to communicate. So I think when we think of it bigger picture like that, it's really helpful, and it can help guide the vision of the brand. So, you know, it, the, the brand is a tone of voice. Do you want to be serious? Is your brand more lighthearted? Are you more fancy? So I think understanding your tone within the brand is really wise. And then before you can dive into the logistics of your brand, you need to ask yourself what qualities you want associated with your brand. Do you want to come across as, or do you feel like you're kind, loyal, trustworthy, adventurous? How do you want people viewing the bigger picture to to leave feeling? So when we can kind of grasp that, 
we can, we're able to translate that visually through a logo, through a tagline, through all the logistical aspects of brand. So, I love that. One of the best, yeah, one of the best ways I've heard it said is that your brand is how you want people to feel about you when they see your logo, hear your name, whatever like that. Yeah, I love that. And, and another thing I wanted to mention is that, you know, I'm sure we've all heard the know your why, know your why, know why, what you're doing. And I, I like to actually say know your who. So know who you're mm-hmm. communicating for and who you're communicating to. For example, I'm also a writer and speaker, and as a Christian, I'm communicating for God, right? So that he's guiding my vision. And I'm communicating to, most of the time, I'm communicating to creatives that are Christians. So that's my who. So when we can understand our target audience, that is really great in kind of dictating the way we want our brand to feel and the way we want our people to walk away feeling. So. Mm, love it. Really good <laughs> synopsis of that. Um, and you. do you guys, do you at, at JennyRendell.com, do you guys go into brand creation more there? We don't. Um, we, no, we don't. But there okay. is one thing I really want to point on before we move to the, to the next topic, because I don't want you to wrap this one up yet, but understanding your own voice. So understanding the people you want to communicate for and then understanding your own voice. So one of the biggest mistakes early on I made as a speaker is just being so focused. Like I want to preach, I want to preach and kind of letting go of the unique voice that I was carrying. And I had a mentor actually speak life into me and be like, actually, I don't know why you're ignoring the, the creative side of you. And once I settled into really zeroing in on that as my brand, things began to open um, churches began to bring me in and stuff started to take shape. So I think a lot of the times we look at other influencers that are having their big wins and we can be motivated and challenged by them. But I think to successfully stand out, we need to understand our unique voice because if we can't understand like who we are, then nobody else will. So in regards to branding, when you share the real you across your feed and into the videos you make, that will translate for the audience and the people that you're trying to reach. And then once yeah, you understand love that, it. you can create logos and all the logistical things that go into that. But I think bigger picture is a, is a lot of the times overlooked, and that's really where we need to mo- focus most of our efforts in the beginning of brand development. And to really embrace that that you are unique, you, uniquely you, you know, and God strung together your three billion base pair DNA. I always say this, he did it in a particular <laughs> way. And the world needs you. You don't need to be like somebody else in order to succeed. Actually, God intended you to be unique. That's what he's looking for you to embrace and really let him flow through. So that's really great advice there. Let's talk about six social media tips to attract ideal audience. So now you kind of have your... Um, let's see, you have your brand piece in place. And again, you guys, there's more at marniesfriends.com. There's a couple full hour-long trainings on brand that you need to take uh, if you're not clear on that yet. Okay, so let's move on to how to attract your ideal audience. Yeah, so number my first tip here is go where your clients are. So what I mean by that is, so I had a book proposal going to a pub board, which is a big deal. And my audience at the time was on the smaller side. So they were concerned with that. And I asked the editor, you know, where should I focus my energy? Like what platform? Is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? And she said, you need to figure out what platform works best for your audience, and then you need to meet them there. 
So if you're running a business that's actually business to business, I would advise going to LinkedIn because that is so huge because that's where you're going to find all your decision makers there. So it's really kind of zeroing in where your people are and then meet them there and invite them into community with you. So. Mm, yes, and then the, the other thing for social is to be consistent. And I don't know, Marnie, I think you're pretty, you're definitely consistent and I struggle in this area, but if you can be consistent in when you post and how often you post and what you're going to post, you're going to stand out from the crowd because most people are not consistent. So you need to train habits in your audience. So they're going to expect, Oh, Jenny goes live on Facebook every Monday. They're going to, you're going to build habits and they're going to start wanting to look for you in social media because you're consistent. I want to just, I want to just address that for a minute too, because this was pretty overwhelming for me for a while until I understood Mm -hmm. that I could just do Monday. I promote, I promote uh, blog talk radio's last week's program and the program plan for this week, Tuesday, womenspeakers.com, the featured four for the week, Wednesday, the blog talk radio live Thursday, the Bible study countdown or whatever upcoming event I have and Friday, something about how you can work with me. And that really simplified it. So if I have something else, okay, but if I don't have anything else, it's easy. I can just do it, you know. And I think that that's yeah. the bottom line for all all of these things. It has to be doable, or you won't do it. Mhm. That's so good, and that's true. I like that that calendar that you set up. That makes it really easy and tangible too. Tangible to achieve. Yep. So. And so, social media. Oh. Another tip: be a real human. And I love this yeah. one because. I think a lot of times we try to have this perfect curated Instagram feed and you can look at it and be like, wow, she has it all together, but really we don't always have it all together. So when you can take a human humanistic approach towards content development, people are really going to connect to that and feel encouraged and supported. And I think too, when you ask yourself, what's the biggest question my community needs answered and how can we tackle that through social media? You're kind of putting, you're kind of looking like human to human, face to face, imagining that one person that you can make a big impact on, and then you're you're gonna craft content to post on social media for that. Mm, that's great. So number three was to be real, be authentic. Yeah. 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 Okay. What's number and then four? Four is develop and repurpose content for social media with your ideal client in mind. So. For example, Marnie, say you have a fantastic one-liner during the segment, which I'm sure you've already had a million. What I could do is I can create a a tiny social media graphic quoting you, and then I can tag that on social media, and I can link back to the show. So what we're doing is we're, we're getting creative with how we utilize the resources that we're producing. So you can repurpose so much content. You can repurpose a blog post, and you can make those quotables. There's so many different ways to use the resources that you've already invested your time and energy in and to repurpose those for social. Number That's cool. I'm going, to ask a, I'm going to ask a quick clarifying question there. Do you find that, um, that photos or clip art or uh, still lifes, or what, what actually draws the best pull when you're doing a meme like that? Photos. Definitely real life photos. photos. That's what I think too, but I was just curious what you found, yeah. Yep, photos. But I will say, this is point five. Facebook live videos and Instagram outconvert any still post that you can be doing. So those um, Facebook lives are huge. And if you're like, why aren't I getting any leverage? I would advise going on Facebook live because the way they're positioning 
things on Facebook is that they're going to give um, precedence to anybody that's doing lives. Those will show in the feed way more than just a post with a graphic. So in order to go live well, you have to have strategy behind your live, advertise that you're going live. Um, if you're doing an Instagram live, you can post a reminder to your feed. And if you actually don't like the way it looks on your feed, you can delete it later. Another way to promote your Instagram live, and I love this, I stole this from another podcaster, so I can't get credit for it, but to promote your live in a story, in a, in, in a poll. So polls are cool because it's interactive. So you're already having people engage with your content and you're just going to say, hey, are you going to watch me live? And then if they say yes, take it a step further and direct message every single person that said they're going to watch you with a reminder, hey, I'm going live in five minutes. Don't, for, don't forget to watch or listen. So I think that's a really, that's the number one thing wow, I would yeah. stress for social media is go live on your videos. Huge. And that can cool. be planned okay. out a month in advance. Yeah. Sure. Wow, that's cool. Okay, what's number six? Value, value, value. Always ask yourself, is what <laughs> I am posting beneficial to my ideal client? And if it's not, don't post it. I don't care how many salads you eat a day. I don't want to know about it unless you're, like, pushing healthy tips, you know? Like, sometimes there's a time and a place, mm -hmm. but if, if it's not valuable, then maybe second-guess posting. <laughs> mm. It's so great because it's just so important. That's the other thing. You know, you can be consistently posting poor. It's going to do you any good. You have to be consistent yeah. posting great content. <laughs> That's great. Well, this is yep. Marty Sedberg. We're visiting today with Jenny Randall of JennyRandall.com. We're going to come back and talk about the power of story as well as important graphic design ideas to perk up your online presence and the five things you must understand about Facebook ads. We'll be right back. Leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. Great to have you with us this afternoon for this program on the power of marketing through engagement with our guest, Jenny Randall. Jenny, let's next talk about story. And, you know, this is, this is becoming um, a bigger piece in everything that's going on, and mostly because the air is getting so full of clutter. <laughs> yeah. But yet we're built for story. You know, I, I, I think about how God wrote the Bible. He didn't make it a dictionary or an encyclopedia or a list. He, he wrote the whole thing in story, which is kind of frustrating when you're trying to study love or something. You can't just look up the word love and understand God's love. You have to read the stories. But we're built for story. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. And because of we're built for story, I think story needs to be utilized across all businesses, whether you're a writer or speaker or have your own creative business. You need to be telling story because, because when you do, it creates a trust and a loyalty. And even when you believe in the story you're hearing from a company, you're going to want to advocate for that company. So one of the Instagram stories is a great way to share personalized stories that will connect with people. Um, we have one client who's uh, a mommy influencer and she's really big in in that space and 
she'll share her date every single daily event and she'll share the struggles she'll share the big wins she'll she'll share what she's homeschooling what that looks like and because she's so vulnerable in that it creates an atmosphere of vulnerability for the people watching and they'll start sharing with her just the most amazing things and she and now she's opened a relationship with them where she has permission to speak into their life and to encourage them in that so people connect with story just like you're you were saying that's huge Hmm. Now, one of the things that um, I was working with a coaching client uh, the other day, and one of the things that he brought up, and one of the things that I found too, is that when you are not just a full-time online person, when you actually have um, work that you're doing that's not online, and then you have these online social outlets, uh, one of the things that can become a little bit overwhelming is via blog or story or whatever, the responses to what you put out there, how to deal with those in a, in a way that is um, both honoring to the person who took time to reach out to you, but also doesn't consume your whole, <laughs> consume your whole life in just responding to people. Do you have some words of counsel for that? So are you asking when people overshare and you're, you're more, is that what you're asking? Well, when people, let's say that, uh, let's say that you, put an Instagram story out or you wrote a blog and now you've got 103 responses um, and you would like to personally respond to each one of these, but it's just not reasonable in a daily, in a daily schedule to do that. Uh, what do you recommend? Yeah. So I, I think there's huge value in responding to all of those, but I mean, you have to pick and choose and prioritize what's important for your business. So if that's not a main priority, that's okay. If you can, pay somebody $10 an hour to respond in your voice. Um, I know it might sound a little weaselly, but if they understand your brand and vision and can do that well, I think that that should be definitely considered. I know that might be rocking the boat a little bit. (laughs) Well, but you know what? I think that's what we need to hear because it's a decision that has to be made if you're not going to be able to have a communication. And and that's the thing with these new blogs and stories like that. If you, if you just put it out there and people respond and they never hear back from you, it's like them calling your number and them not even getting an answering machine. They're just getting a ring, 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 you know? And how many yeah, times are you going to yeah. do that? Yeah. yeah. And so one it, thing, it too, become, to know. It becomes a question. Yeah, it becomes a question, but you can also set up boundaries. So on your Facebook page, you can turn off the messenger feature. So you don't have to check your inbox to see if you're getting messages. So you can set up boundaries. There's ways to do it healthy. And you can also um, set up robots that are like, hey, if you really need me, email me here. So there's ways to set up healthy boundaries in that. But yeah. I think and you there guys, should that's, be response. That's what I've had to, and that's, that's really what I've had to do. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I don't do a blog is because I just couldn't keep up with it. And you do have to make choices. You have to make choices about what God's calling you to do with your time with your resources, with your energy, all that, all of that has to be taken into consideration and then just say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? So I think it's, yeah. it's all just an important consideration when you're asking, you know, when you're working with God on, on what your mission is in life. So let's go on yeah. then and talk about um, graphic design ideas. And this is, this is, this, we could spend so long on this, <laughs> but I'm just going to ask you for a couple of high points. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ditch the cheese, please. That's my main one. (laughs) If you're running your own social media and you just want to make sure you're aligned with the marketing trends, 
Um, so if, if you're posting pictures of flying doves and a Bible verse, uh, just an FYI, that's now kind of cheesy. So just don't do it and just make sure you're on top of what, I mean, that was great years ago, but things have shifted and changed and there's a different can way you can communicate that message. I wasn't quite sure what you said. Ditch the what? Ditch the cheese, the cheesy graphics. <laughs> cheesy graphics. <laughs> okay. Cheesy yeah. graphics. Yeah. So yeah. what does what does really fly right now? Illustrations um, and yeah, really cool illustrations are are in and very minimalistic. Simpler you can be, the better. Um, another thing is if you're doing graphics, if you could turn that into a boomerang post. Do you know what that is, Marnie? No, I don't. Oh my goodness. Okay, it's this thing on Instagram. You can create a boomerang, and it's like takes these shot. It's like under five seconds, and it reverses the. It's a video, but it reverses it back and forth. So that will create engagement because people will always stop to look because it's not a graphic. It's not a full-length video, but they're like, what's happening? And it looks cool. So that's something that can help you perk cool. your online presence up, the boomerang. So, and then um, another trick for graphic design for social is always ask questions. And you can do that with a graphic. Just put text. Keep it simple. Have a white background, black text. What's your favorite thing about your husband? And then when people actually respond, engage with them in the comments. Or what's two words that describe your work life right now? And then engage and tell people how you're feeling too. And that will create that community and relationship that you crave. And I, th- I, I know that those work. <laughs> those work really well. And I, yeah. that's often, you know, when I'm, I don't spend a lot of time um, in, in the social medias. I just don't have that much time. But, but when I am, those are the ones, you know, when it's a really quick one, what did you have for lunch? Or, you know, how long yeah. have you been married? You know, I have these really, really short ones. And you don't want to have that be your only thing that you're posting, obviously. But it does yeah. drive engagement. It really does. And people think of you again. And, and you know, top of mind, and you guys who are, you guys who are speakers, I, I'm always talking to you about, you want to keep being in front of your potential bookers because they maybe remember you and maybe last year you know you were number two or three on their list of um speakers and they you didn't get invited but if they can't find you this year then you just lost it so you just want to stay in front of people all the time great did you have any other graphic ideas that you wanted to share uh yeah keep it to two fonts only and you and they can be compliment they can be like you can do like a fat font and a skinny font. So you want to be conscious of how many fonts you're using. And also that's the same for colors. Don't don't overdose on colors. Keep it clean and simple. If I can stress anything, it's just the simpler is better when it comes to design. Hmm. There's a there's a um motto that my coach taught me in in web design years and years ago and she she just her motto was don't make me think (laughs) when you get to a website or when you're looking at a facebook uh post you know don't make me don't make me figure this out just give it to me straight uh so that must be that must be right in there with graphic design as well so like what's your favorite if you could just pick a favorite uh post to put out maybe use it once a week or something like that what would what would you pick what's your favorite Oh, my favorite post. Um, well, people actually tend to respond when I post pictures of me and my kids. And I love highlighting them and just telling how great my kids are. That's always fun. Um, 
My favorite thing to highlight once a week would be, well, I just launched my website. So I've been kind of thinking of different marketing efforts to put that out on social. One thing I did, this is cool. I, Instagram has a grid and you can, what you can do is divide up your photos into smaller photos. But when you look at the person's timeline, the person's feed, it's actually one large photo. So it's like a bunch of little photos that make up a bigger picture. And I think that's a beautiful and amazing way to tell stories. So I'm really into that right now. Hmm. That's cool. That's on Facebook? That's on Instagram. Instagram. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm yep. thinking for me, well, the, the thing that always got the most, the most responses until our, our puppies both died in the same year, which is so sad. They were old dogs. Oh, no. But anyway, um, until, they, until they passed away, always my dogs always got more engagement than my kids or anybody else, which always just shocked me. It's like, really? People just love dogs. They love animals. And so that's a huge one. But my favorite kind to do right now is just a gorgeous, a gorgeous photo with a Bible verse. And then yeah. down on the right-hand corner, you should just do my website. And those are real shareable. That's the other thing that uh, keep in mind that, if you do a beautiful graphic or a nice graphic, people will share it. And you, you have to answer the question, would I share this on my page if somebody yes. else put it out there? Just answer that question and you'll know if you're doing okay. <laughs> That's good. And I think let's not jump over the fact that you have your website on the bottom because when people share it, they're going to see, oh, cool, let's go check that out. So it, it, that's a really good point that you should be marking either with your logo or your website where that graphic came from. Right, and you do need to then, you either need to have bought the graphic or else have it, you own it yourself, you took it or whatever. Make sure that you aren't stealing people's graphics and then putting your name on it because that can get you in big trouble. <laughs> Besides, yes. it's just not nice. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a little yep. break and come right back with our guest, Jenny Randall of JennyRandall.com. Talk about the five things you must understand about Facebook ads and three ways to create videos that create engagement. We're going to come right back. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Next time you need an awesome speaker for your Christian Women's event, visit womenspeakers.com, the number one online meeting place for women's ministry event planners and Christian women speakers, featuring nearly 1,000 speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Womenspeakers.com has been connecting speakers and event planners since 2002 and is the largest online directory of its kind in the world. Listings include topic ideas, references, and contact information so you can reach out to the speaker of your choice the moment you find her. It's fun and free to search. There are no middlemen or hidden fees and it's available to you night and day so you can find your next speaker in the minutes you have. Next time you need a great speaker, visit womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Marty. We are flying today talking about the power of marketing through engagement with our guest Jenny Randall of JennyRandall.com. Jenny, let's dive right into the five things we've got to understand about Facebook ads. Go ahead. All right. Now, disclaimer, this might sound hard and confusing, but so stop me at any time because this is hugely important and this is like where I thrive. So I'm excited that this okay. topic we are discussing today. So <laughs> The first one is, if you're running Facebook ads, and I cannot stress this enough, I will no longer be your friend if you don't do this. So you need to place your <laughs> tracking pixels on all your websites or your sales funnels that you're directing traffic to. So you need a tracking pixel. And that is found in your Facebook ad manager. So I know you might be like, what the heck's a tracking pixel? 
listen, you can Google it. There's Facebook gives you directions and how to install it on your website. But what that tracking pixel does, it'll track whoever clicks from your ad over to your website. And even if you take it a step farther, say you have an opt-in, which we'll talk about later, it's going to track who signed up and who didn't sign up. So what you can do with that pixel is very powerful and you can retarget those people with another ad who didn't take action or you can retarget that this is why we see ads all the time for you know how you see an ad for a website you were right purchase that's because they installed their pixel so there's so much power right. in that pixel cool. that's the number one thing yeah and then the second point is to i mentioned this briefly but retarget those people who didn't take action and you could just have an ad that says hey don't forget to opt in for this free thing uh, and that's it so give them a second chance to take action because they already engaged enough to go to your website, but they didn't finish it. So you, you can say, don't forget to do that. And then from that point, if they don't take action, you can move on and kind of target the people that are engaging with your content and taking action for new ads. So that's what we do. We have an, an amazing webinar strategy that I can kind of, okay, I'll do that after. Okay. Here's tip three. <laughs> I don't want to go out of order because I'll just get crazy. Okay. I know. Three. <laughs> you can upload your email subscribers, which, and then you can use that list as an audience. So when you're building ads, what you're doing is you're, you're setting each ad up for a specific audience. So you can email your, you can upload your subscribers. That's an audience. And you can, and because they're already a warm audience, you can hit them with more um, intense. That's not the right word, but you can hit them with ads because they already know you. So you can be like, Hey, I'm selling this product. You don't need to do the job to warm them up and kind of explain what okay. you're doing. And then from that list in Facebook, you can create a lookalike audience of all your email subscribers. And what that does is it's pulling in all the Facebook data for your email subscribers and it's finding people that look just like them. And, it's, and then you can push ads out to your lookalike audience because they look just like your email subscribers. So that's huge. We've seen a lot of conversions with those lookalike audiences. And those are, that's something really valuable to do. Wow. Beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah. Tip Book four number is, five. This is, these are amazing. <laughs> oh no, I'm only on four. I'll speed through it. Four. Oh, split, okay. Test okay. Your, <laughs> split test your ad copy, your headlines, graphics, and video. We found that videos will convert higher, but you need to test it against different graphics and a photo and just to run all the tests. If you have a larger budget, then you can run as many tests as you want seeing what converts for what audience. And then when you figure that out, you want to aim to have a relevancy score of seven or higher. So when you figure out which ads are, are scoring high, you can turn off the other ones and then you can scale that winning ad up and that'll, that'll be successful for you. And then the fifth one is set up audience based on your ad content. So the best way I could think of is explaining. So one of our clients was a coach and he was teaching about email automation. So what we did is we targeted separate audiences of everybody who liked uh, like MailChimp and ConvertKit and different software that assisted in automating emails. And what we would do in our ad was say, hey, do you, like, do you use MailChimp for your email automation? If so, we're dying to tell you about this program that can help you speed up your email campaign. And that was his ad. But my disclaimer on this is that you have to be very careful in what you say because if you're selling, if you're calling out features that could come across as uh, intense pain points for people or 
judgmental or rude, then Facebook can actually ban your account. So you would never be like, hey, are you really overweight? I have a course for that. Or you want to be really sensitive to how you use that (laughs) method. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And do you, this is, so this is, this is one of the things that you help people do is Facebook uh, campaigns like this? Yep. We, we run Facebook campaigns and, oh, I do have a tip for authors specifically if we have time for that. Yeah. Yeah. Throw it Should in. I do it? Okay. <laughs> um, we had one woman who was an author and she was doing an event at like Barnes and Noble. And so what we did is we created an event on her page. And then what you could do is you can boost that event to a certain radius around where the location is. And because of that, she actually ended up selling 65 books at her event, which was rare for her typical events and Barnes and they were just so excited and ecstatic. So I think $50 of boosting that event post got her a lot more. So that was really wonderful. Yeah. We used that. And um, when we were doing our store closing sale, we used Facebook and it's amazing to, to boost those. One of the things we did is we had already closed the whole store, but we had some merchandise left in the store. It hadn't all quite gone. So we just opened the store for four hours on a Saturday. And the only advertising we did was a Facebook, um, a Facebook uh, not- notification about it. And then we boosted the event and we had a lot of people come out just solely from that. So it really does work. And you guys, if you don't know about Facebook ads, you need to learn more. And if you need help, get a hold of JennyRandall.com. Okay, let's go ahead with <laughs> three ways to create videos that create engagement. Sure, yeah. So um, if you're running Facebook ads, you want to use a square video. And the reason that square videos, and you can even post the square video on your page as well, but people, the majority of people, if you look at your stats, I'm pretty sure you'll find this as well, Marnie, the majority of people are looking on their mobile device. That's mostly everybody. Everyone that we've run ads for, most of the people are looking on their mobile. And that square video takes up 78% more real estate than the typical video. Square mm-hmm. videos are huge. Another option is you can split test and just do a vertical video to the mobile devices. So if you're going to just do a vertical video and you're actually running an ad, you can choose to show this only to mobile devices. So I would advise doing that for videos. Uh, And video content outside of ads, um, like I was talking about earlier, Facebook and Instagram videos are huge. So if you want to create engagement within your Facebook and Instagram videos, your first 60 seconds are, I would say your first five seconds are really important if you're going live. So, and I want you to remember, if you're going live, people are, the majority of the people watching are going to watch the replay, and they don't want to sit through you being like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? We'll wait for some more people. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, you can, if you can think about it from your audience's point of view, and if you can explain the main idea of why you're going live in one sentence, at the top of your video. So you can say like, hi, I'm Jenny Randall. And today we're talking about marketing engagement. Boom. People are already hooked that want to be there. People that don't want to be there are going to leave. And then you're not wasting everybody's time. So, and if it's easier to understand, if you can summarize your video in one sentence up front, then people are more likely to share it because they get it. It makes sense. And they want to help you spread that message. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, how what is what is your ideal um, ideal Facebook Live right now length? Lengthwise, mm, yeah, I like twenty minutes, and I okay. like bringing in 
people to interview too. I think a lot of the times people think their Facebook Live needs to just be them. I think it can be really powerful when, just like we're doing now, just engaging in conversation and it's just real people being humans talking about stuff. So that, that too is just as powerful. And those can go a little bit longer, like an hour or so, okay. which is long. Right. But if you're planned out and structured, then it'll be good. This is way long. <laughs> I expected you to say one to two minutes. Oh, no, no. Well, and I mean, I guess, too, you have to test it for your audience. So what are people Mm -hmm. responding to? And you can see in the stats, like for Facebook, when are people falling off? When are they, like, giving up on on the message? So kind of test it and see. And, two, if you're not comfortable talking for that amount of time, then try. Yeah, not to burden people, but you you could just make it an aim to go live for two minutes. That's way less stress Mm -hmm. than an hour. So, yeah, test what works for you and how you feel most comfortable for sure. Interesting. Yeah, well, that's yeah. that's really good news that, that the attention span is uh, getting a little bit longer on <laughs> Facebook. <not> that <laughs> okay. But if you're so, delivering we, content, but, if you're just rambling, then no one will listen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you have course, to be delivering. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to go back to value. Yeah, it doesn't pay to just do them. You have to be adding value. And people have to um, people have to get so that they're kind of excited to see you. Like, um, it's not like, oh, she's doing a Facebook Live again. It's like, oh, yeah, I really like that one that I caught, you know, whenever, a couple weeks ago or whatever. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, and I think, so too, when, got... you, when you think of it – oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Okay. When you think of, like, a live, don't think of it, oh, you're just wasting an hour going on a live. You can repurpose that content, and you can turn that live into a podcast. You can turn it into a PDF download. So you can repurpose a lot of the content you're spending time on to help – build that community. That's so cool. Well, I got three points there. Did you get through them? <laughs> I was, I jotted down three points there. We were, we had three ways to create videos. Did you, did you give three oh, or did yeah. I just make, oh, make I a third one, one up? <laughs> a bonus. I thought, Yay. I okay. <laughs> bonus. Yeah. I thought you're quizzing me if I caught your three points and I'm like, Oh no. Um, yeah. Uh, videos. If you have the chance to upload your uh, video natively, then do that rather than posting a YouTube link because anything that can be uploaded natively on Facebook will outperform any links that you have to show. Really? Does hmm. that make sense? I wonder why that is. Yeah. I wonder why. Because okay. Facebook wants everything in Facebook. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. That makes Facebook. sense. That makes sense. <laughs> Your investment is there. Keep everybody on the site. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, let's talk about um, lead generation and opt-in content. So maybe give us the lowdown on, on that. Sure. Yep. So creating lead gen and opt-in stuff, um, what that means is people are giving you your email address. And that's the greatest way you can grow your list. And, you know, this is why we need to know our audience and kind of understand our brand. So then we can create free resources that carry that bigger picture of brand. So as some examples, I'll just roll through a great lead gen and opt-in content. And if you want to stop me to expand, let me know. But so you can do a free principle. You can do a checklist or a PDF. You could do a free coaching session. If you're a coach and you want to sell slots for your coaching sessions, you can do a webinar, a video summit, which I've seen a lot of ministry-based people doing our video summits. You can do a three-part series, an interactive quiz, which I love. Um, you could also have a VIP Facebook group. And then if people give you their email address, they, they're part of the VIP club. Um, you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> VIP. 
So those are kind of the top lead gen things that I've seen recently. Um, I mean, it shifts and changes. So it's always kind of having a heartbeat on, uh, on what is relevant for your audience. Hmm. I love that. And it's important that you guys do this. Your, your email list still is valuable, even though um, things are shifting and people are going to texting more. Still, that email is very important. And I'm surprised how many, how many things I do see in my email. I mean, you get so many emails, but it surprises me because um, the reticular activation that God put in our minds is that when we need something, we see it. We start to see it. <laughs> and so that's what's beautiful about um, getting people on your list and then communicating with them. What are your thoughts about about uh, texting and how to increase? Have you started working on that at all? No, we actually haven't, so I don't have any research mm-hmm. on that. You can tell me all yeah. yours if you want. <laughs> no, no, it's just kind of, you know, it's coming. But at the same yeah. time, I know how I am with my phone. I don't want people texting me all the time that I didn't invite, you know. So, mm-hmm. um I think you know you have to be really careful if you're gonna if you're gonna use text uh, text marketing you're gonna be real careful or you'll get blacklisted in people's mind right away. Yeah, so just yeah, that's a good point. Keep your ear to the ground there and <laughs> see what's coming our way. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna talk next about the email list and and I know you have some input here too. The email list is, you know, for me. It's amazing. Like in this last uh, e-zine that I sent out, I sent out a note. My mom just had a stroke last Friday when we're airing this live today. And uh, I had so many people respond. We're praying for you. We love you. Um, you know, give your mom a hug from me. Uh, it's amazing how these these email relationships, even though I've never met many, probably most of these people that are on the e-zine, um, you, get to, you get to begin to feel like family. And they really, yeah. they really are part of your life. I'm part of their life. And so it, this email list is so critical. Why don't you share a little bit about what you've learned or come to understand about it? Yeah, just what you're saying. I mean, the email list is huge. One of the reasons is because you, you don't own the customers or the community that you have on Facebook. So at any point, I mean, we, we've seen that proven on Facebook pages. They've changed things. So now... Facebook is prioritizing people over brands. So you're going to see less of brand stuff on the timeline. So you don't own those pages. You don't own Twitter. You don't own your Instagram followers, but you do own that person's email when they decide to give it to you. So that's why I I love email. I think it's really powerful. And studies show that your email list carries more power than Google or social media platforms. So I don't think we can look away from email. I think it's really valuable. And kind of to tack on what you were saying, Marnie, is that it's so we have one client and she has 100,000 subscribers. Like talk about an influencer. Like she is really impacting people and making a big difference. And it's not just because she has that number. But, but what I want you guys to grasp from that is that she's developed relationships with that many people. And I'm not saying she's talking to all those people like back and forth, back and forth, but they've given her permission at any point to basically knock on somebody's door and say, Hey, and then she can engage in a conversation with them because they already gave her permission to basically enter into their home because they consider it a relationship. Right. So 
people, you're more apt to engage when you have that email. I, I just, I mean, she can send out an email and launch a new course and the response is just amazing. And it blows me away every time because there's a way you can craft email that's personable and relatable and straight from your heart. Like I always say, when you're writing an email, imagine you're writing it to your best friend. And of course there's a time and a place. Like if your business is um, the brand's more proper and then don't do this, but (laughs) it, I like to craft an email as if I'm writing it to my best friend. I'm keeping it up. I'm keeping it light. I'm keeping it friendly. I really do want to know who is behind that email address and how I can help you. And I'll always have a, Hey, reply here. If, if you need help with anything and I mean it like, and eventually if I start getting a million responses, I'm going to have to, like we talked about earlier, I'm going to have to figure out kind of how to navigate through that. But I think email is one of the most valuable tools we can use to kind of reach into who we want to connect with. And, and the yeah, email, here's the thing, the emails don't have to be fancy. I really prefer simpler emails. Like you don't need all the things on your email. It can just be text only. And sometimes that will drive more response than the emails with all the bells and whistles. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can, you can kind of feel that out too. I know for years I did a text one and then just recently I kind of moved into a more formal one, but I had tried a more formal one earlier and it actually reduced the engagement at that point in my ministry. And now this time it in- increased engagement. So, you know, you just kind of have to kind of feel your way a little bit, what's comfortable now, what's really true and authentic now. And, um, you know, and just, just again, be always asking and praying, you know, God, what, what would you want me to do right now? This is Marty Swedberg. We're visiting with Jenny Randall this afternoon, talking about the power of marketing through engagement. We're going to take one final break here and then come back and talk about three top tactics to create a rock and book cover, as well as two marketing hacks for authors. We will be right back. What Bible study book are you going to do next? Join us for the online Bible study expo to meet the authors of this year's most recent Bible study books for women. You'll hear the stories behind each book, learn details about the studies, including how many weeks each is, how much study time is required, and things like that. Plus, have the opportunity to win free Bible study book being given away every 20 minutes all afternoon. It's 100% free and online at BibleStudyExpo.com. That's www.BibleStudyExpo.com. Welcome back. This is Marty. You're joining us at Marty's Friends. We're talking today about the power of marketing through engagement. Our guest is Jenny Randall. Jenny, we are coming down to the end of the hour here, and I want us to be sure to include here the three top tactics of creating a rocking book cover. And this is kind of interesting because um, when you guys listen to this, this these, these strategies will work in multiple marketing phases for you but are specific to book covers right now in the show here. So, Jenny, take it away. Yeah, I think book covers can be really uh, intimidating as an author because I know for me, well, I I come from the world of designing book covers, but also being on the other side of writing it, I felt like through my prayer, I needed this dramatic moment with Jesus where he was like showing me what it was going to look like. And you know what, Marty, it doesn't always happen that way. So I just want to extend grace to those authors that are like waiting for this magical moment. I want you to know that it is okay if you don't get that moment, we're still going to figure out how to design your book cover. <laughs> That's so great. One, one way we can kind of zero in into the style that you like as a person is you can curate content on Pinterest. And this is huge because as you look at the, 
graphics and the other book covers that you're drawn into, I really want you to kind of overanalyze, like, why am I liking this? Is it because of the colors? Is it because the design's more abstract? What is drawing me to this covers? And I, is it the font? Is it the layout? And when you can kind of articulate, these are the covers I like, and this is why, you're really setting your designer up for a big win because then they're able to kind of get inside your brain and be like, okay, this is the vision I'm, I'm seeing and hearing. This is how, and then we'll take it from there. And my other tip is to hire a professional that can design in the genre you're in. So like a business book is going to look very different from a romance novel. And some <laughs> designers excel in one or the other. So really kind of vet out your designer and make sure they have experience within your genre. So that's a really important thing. And then, like, we just, mm. this is my third, third tip. If you're designing for yourself, we, I was laughing because we touched on this earlier, do not just Google images and take them off the Internet because that's actually stealing. So you need to make sure that your images are cleared for commercial usage and also that you have the right to use those fonts that you're using, to use the background, the layers, everything that on, is on your cover should be cleared for commercial usage. Mm, so great, great advice. I want to go back to the point number one where you're trying to come up with um, some ideas you like. And I tell you what, I've done so much web design and book cover design and different things like that, that what I've learned that I have to be really clear about what I want before I go to an artist. There, it's just not... It's not even reasonable at all to go to an artist and expect them to give you a design that you're going to like. Uh, speak to that yeah. for a minute. Yeah, I, it's true. It's so true. And it's kind of like what we we're t discussing on brand earlier. Like if you don't know your own voice, then how will anybody else? So it's like designers aren't mind readers. So yeah, the more information we can provide for that designer, the better. And I think though too, kind of casting vision into the pro project and then leaving room for them to be creative and expressive within that um, to catch your vision and to see what they come up with is kind of valuable. So holding that vision loosely, but also being able to cast that vision is really valuable. And I think it'll take your book cover to the next level when you can communicate what's in your head, even if you didn't have that magical Jesus moment, communicate what you're gravitating <laughs> towards. And what you're feeling. So, <laughs> I'd like to just compare it for you guys that are that are like struggling with. Well, why can't the artist just figure it out? Because honestly, if, okay, if you walk into a restaurant with your husband or whoever you're with, and you sit down and you have this menu, and the menu has 200 options on it, and you're thinking that maybe hmm, 10, maybe you narrow it down to three that might suit you what you're hungry for. Okay, well, the people who made the menu know that all 200 of them are popular. That's why they're on the menu. All, there are people who come in and want, want all of those different people. So to expect that your designer can read your mind which one of those 200 menu items that you would be ordering today for your book cover or whatever, it's just, it's just too much of a burden on the designer. But again, like you said, it's so important that you let them. I when I work with designers, I always say, okay, here's my ridiculous rough draft. I like the feel of this one. I like the font on this one. I like the placement of this one. I mean, I give them really specifics, like what you're saying. And then I say, That's amazing. show me, show me something that looks professional. <laughs> <laughs> 
you are like a designer's <laughs> dream, though. That's a designer's dream. See, that's amazing. That's what this show is about. It's tr- it's trying to make us all be dream dream clients and. <laughs> So, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, we're going to move on because we could talk about this a lot longer. Let's talk about the two marketing ta- uh, tricks or uh, tactics for authors. So my first one I want to discuss is Facebook ads. And I know we touched on this earlier, but this is such a big win because when you're pushing out your ads, you can repurpose, like you can engage with those people that engage with your ads. So if you like my say I had an ad for my book. If you like that ad, I can invite you to like my page. So it kind of holds two purposes mm-hmm. there. You're, you're not only creating awareness of your message that's on your heart and you're getting people used to knowing you, but now if they are saying, I like this, you're saying, okay, well, why don't you come over here? And you're inviting them to like your page as well, which is huge. And then also Facebook ads are really great for marketing because like we discussed, you can retarget them with additional content later that pixel will hold that, da- that data for six months. So you have up to six months to still warm up those, that audience and have them get to know you, get to know your heart and your vision. So Facebook ads are huge. Have you, have you run ads, Barney? Um, I haven't done it very much on the ministry side. I've done it on, like, our, like I said, on the uh, retail store and the restaurant more than on the ministry side. Yeah, something okay. I need to look into. Yeah. Yep, it's been great. Okay, and then so- oh, I was going to say the other one, the other trick that I have is when you're kind of developing your marketing um, for your book is to really factor in having kind of a planning on having a big launch mm-hmm. and having a group of people that will launch your book with you. So you can do that through Facebook groups. I've seen a lot of people do it through Facebook groups. And because influential, influential marketing is so huge, Having people say, hey, I got this book and it's fantastic, carries so much weight. So if you can mm-hmm. build a community that's going to be loyal, that understands your brand, that are excited to cheer you on when this book launches, I would invest a lot of money into that because when your book comes out, they're going to be the ones that are not only cheering you on and supporting you, which is so fantastic, but they're also sharing with their community. And their community is different than yours. So you, they might be opening up other people's eyes to the message that you carry too. So I can't stress um, communities enough for like big, big launch parties online. I've seen people do that where they give away free stuff. And, and to foster that community too, you can give away a free chapter of the book and just engage with that community and kind of treat them like a VIP uh, for that content and they can also act as a test audience too. How did you guys respond to this? What do you think of this? And, and it's really great to foster that community for sure. Mm, Yes. That's beautiful. What do you, um, what do you think about the, the Amazon giveaway program? Oh my gosh, you're going to laugh. I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. Okay. So they, Amazon offers authors the ability to give away their eBooks um, for a short period of time. There's there's specific rules. You kind of want to work with a coach that knows about this, but there's specific rules. And what you can do is you can really generate a lot of interest uh, during the free period, and that gets people reading and then quoting your book and uh, encouraging others to read it. So if you're you know if you're looking at a big launch, do consider uh, doing that. You know maybe for three days or whatever. 
um, period of time you want. And sometimes you can do a, a not pure giveaway. Sometimes you can do a dollar or three dollars or something like that. But just to kind of jumpstart, you know, and it's kind of like with, with any kind of a promotion, you've got, you know, you get the ball rolling. That's the hard part. And then it starts going downhill and that's the easier part. So you have to figure out some way to get it going. And I love what you're saying, you know, the launch party and different things like this can really make a difference there. So just check check that Amazon um, maybe out too. We are nearing the end of the hour, but Jenny, I want to give you an opportunity um, to invite people over to your website. It's Jenny Randall with J, Jenny Randall, com. And over there, what are people going to find when they arrive at that site? Yeah, so over there, I I just redid my site, so you guys let me know what you think of it. But yeah, I put mm. up um, my speaking information. Um, I, I'll speak at a lot of different creative conferences or women's retreats. So that information's up there. Um, I do have a Facebook community for creative. So it would be a great fit for other writers or business owners and speakers. And then also I blog a lot on creativity and um, my book information is up there. And I do offer coaching for the super technical, um, all the things we just talked about. I really love empowering others to get that message that's on their heart out there because I believe what people have to say is really valuable and there's a reason God put it on your heart and it's really needed. So I don't want anyone's lack of marketing not kind of to hinder that message. So I love supporting people in that. Um, so, yeah, that's what's on over there. Oh, and I do have a PDF that's kind of wrapping up everything we talked about today. So if you guys are feeling overwhelmed because this is so rapid fire, feel free to check that out and you can download it and uh, ask me any questions that you may have because I really want to support everyone in this. Cool. You guys are going to love her site. And Jenny, wow. <laughs> Fantastic. You, Cruz. I know we were talking before. Are we going to be able to get through this much content? And I'm like, we can do it. We can do it. And you did it. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> oh, thank you for being here with us today. So much fun. So honored. Thank you for having me. You bet. And thank you guys for being here. You know, every week when you come and you show up and you uh, just make it a party here at Blog Talk Radio, we thank you so much for that. And for those of you who listen to the archives and the syndicate stations around the, the web, uh, thank you for that. And for those of you who host us on your website, we're so grateful. Can't have a radio show without listeners, and it's all about you guys. So thanks for that. If you know of somebody we should have on the show, coming up. We're booking for later in the spring now, and you can just send us over that at marniesfriends.com. Scroll to the bottom. Also, if you haven't checked it out recently, check out marnie.com and uh, meet you over there. And remember to check out today's guest, Jenny Randall, jennyrandall.com. Thanks, you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and see you next time on Marnie's Friends. Bye-bye.